Hi, I'm Victor Milligan, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means. We explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. We're going to do something different for today's episode. We're going to follow James McQuivy as he examines how USAA became a leader in mobile banking. He discusses the company's success with fellow analyst Peter Watermaker and USAA's Shauna Brown, Assistant Vice President of Bank Digital Channels, and Christy Rogers, Vice President of Digital Strategy and Content Operations. Let's take a listen. I'm James McQuibby of Forrester Research. Let's take a not-so-random walk. Every year, yes, there are some wonderful aha moments, moments where you, you see a bank do something that makes you say, wow, I hadn't thought about that option or that service. I'm kind of a customer service snob. I like looking for people that you can tell that customer service and customer experience is important. When the last round of hurricanes came through, I was down with my parents. They they were hit by the hurricanes. And my dad was in the car, and one of his military buddies called him and said, oh man, I'm really sorry about what's happened. I know this is really stressful, but you must feel really good because you have USAA. So it looks like they're thinking through the customer experience of, okay, this is their life. Let's reverse engineer that. Hello and welcome. This is James McQuivy, Principal Analyst at Forrester. Welcome to what we are calling a not-so-random walk, in which together with an expert colleague of mine here at Forrester, and with the help of a few invited guests, we will walk through what it takes to be a digital leader today. Now, what do we mean by a not-so-random walk? Well, of course, the random walk theory is a market theory for stock market prices, which suggests that any variation in price outside of what's expected is is actually a, a random walk. But we know that today, to be an expert in serving customers, to win in digital, we know it can't be random. It has to be purposeful. And that's what we're going to learn today from the specific case of USAA in the financial services business. So walk with me, walk with us, if you will, and see what we learn together. In this episode, we're going to consider the results of the 2017 mobile banking benchmark. Now, this is a global effort with all kinds of detail that I want to make sure you understand. So I turn to an expert Peter Wanamaker, a senior analyst on our e-business and channel strategy team who heads up this analysis. And I asked him what it is we're trying to accomplish here. Our goal with the benchmark research is to help bank executives keep up with their customers' ever-changing mobile banking needs, preferences, behaviors, and expectations. They are rising at a pretty steady clip. Ideally, bank executives want their mobile apps to be ahead of their customers in terms of their needs and their expectations, but at the very least, they can't fall behind. So what are you trying to tell them in this research? Our benchmarking research provides really three things. First, a kind of pulse of the market, a clear sense of the current landscape. Okay. Second, a sense of where their particular bank brand sits in the market. And third... This research shows digital leaders at banks what great mobile banking experiences look like, and in some cases, a glimpse of where the future is headed in terms of mobile banking and often digital banking more broadly. So it's a sense of where they sit now, where things are headed. But as we learned recently when we conducted a similar interview with the Home Depot, 
we learned that sometimes that can lead people to just set up a list, you know, check boxes that they're trying to go through and say, okay, we've done this, we've done this, we've done that. And I've, I've heard from you in our conversations that that is uh, not what you're trying to help people do. You don't want them to just come up with their checklist. What is it that you're after here? Over the past two years and going forward into 2019, 2020, and beyond, we're trying to help bank executives fix a problem. And that problem is a lack of differentiation. Some firms, like USAA, are finding ways to differentiate via mobile services, but they are the exception. In order to differentiate, banks will need to create superior mobile services and excellent mobile experiences. And our benchmark helps guide them towards what those look like and how to get there. Okay. So as you're out there looking for these differentiation paths, were there any big aha moments that stood out? Every year, yes, there are some wonderful aha moments, moments where you you see a bank do something that makes you say, wow, I hadn't thought about that option or that service. Or more often, you know, wow, that's a very clever way to implement something, to, to meet a customer's needs. A good example here is Scotiabank, which used uh, the same vendor that many other banks use. It's a vendor called IntelliResponse that offers a tech solution for really searchable help. Uh, but Scotiabank implemented it better than any other bank. They made it so that there was an omnipresent help option throughout the mobile banking app where at any given point, a customer could touch it and instantly be given the most common questions for that particular task flow, as well as searchable options so that they could, with keywords, find the answers to their questions, which, by the way, worked, led to relevant answers. And then finally, it offered one-click access to either phone call to the phone representative of the bank, or secure messaging. Now, we're already getting into some detail here about the analysis. I want to make sure we don't lose this because it is very complicated. Let's try and summarize as as succinctly as we can what this effort required uh, so that we understand the context in which USAA performed so well. We spend roughly a month evaluating the smartphone apps, mobile websites, and other mobile capabilities of nearly 60 banks around the world. We're really trying to answer two questions. What can a customer accomplish on a given mobile touchpoint? And two, how conveniently can they do it? In order to answer these two questions, we need to break it down into really hundreds of criteria that are broken out into categories, subcategories, and individual criteria, and scoring it on a scale from negative two to two. A negative two means that a certain feature or capability doesn't exist. Or, as we tend to say, it's so bad, it's so inconvenient or poorly designed that you'd wish it wasn't there. It would be better if it didn't exist. <laughs> so I do love how frank you are about that, and I'm sure you encountered some of those along the way. I mean, we all have as consumers, haven't we? Uh, okay, good. With that background, what I did was went and interviewed some leaders at USAA to talk about how they performed so well in this comprehensive benchmarking analysis. I'm Christy Rogers, one of a couple VPs of digital. My team is directly responsible for digital strategy and our digital operations across our channels, so mobile.com um, and any of our new products that are coming out, like an Alexa or Google or anything else that, that might be new on the market. 
Hi, my name is Shauna Brown. I am the AVP of the Bank Digital Channels. So whether our members are coming to our banking experiences to um, look for new products or they're coming to perform transactions, um, my team is, is focused on making that easy, convenient, frictionless, and ultimately um, a delightful experience so that members will continue to come back to us in the digital space. Now, we're hearing something here that I wanted to to comment on up front, uh, you know, you're you're referring to your customers as members. This is not an uncommon term, I'll say, but um, I will say that as an outsider, it's very clear that inside of USAA, the term member is applied very sincerely. There's a tremendous focus on members of a community, of a kind of family almost, that I think is is very special, and, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk more about that later. Now that I'm here at USAA, I really am appreciating the member focus that we have because I truly believe that um, getting to the heart of the pain points that customers or members have and figuring out how to solve those is really what I'm passionate about. You know, following up on that, I'd love to ask just the, a question. You mentioned pain points. So this is a phrase we hear often in the industry, and it's a great way to go about identifying opportunities in the customer journey where we can improve things. I wonder how much of your time is spent focusing on the pain points versus, you know, having the luxury of focusing on looking for those surprises, those surprise and delight moments. Do you do you get to do any of those as well? Yes, certainly. It's definitely a mix of both. Um, you know, we we focus on running the business, improving the business, and transforming the business. Um, so we're constantly looking at ways that we can improve our digital experiences um, incrementally and doing that in, on an iterative basis. Then we also um, partner with other teams um, like Christie's team and our organization to think about what's next on the frontier and um, how can we make sure that we're adopting new technologies so that we are there when our members are there. And I'll just add to that, that solving pain points doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're fixing operational issues. A lot of the times, a way to solve a member pain point is to think out of the box and create something new and create a new opportunity or solve it in a different way that would surprise and delight them because it's unexpected or it's new. So I'm not sure it's always an either or. We look for ways to solve problems with new and creative ideas that are su- surprisingly delightful. I asked Peter for exactly an example of this, and he had one right away. The USAA chat bot, if that's what you want to call it, really an in-app virtual agent, is able to answer questions, direct the customer to the particular features that are relevant to their question, and in many cases, actually help them perform the task they're trying to accomplish, they're trying to complete within the conversational user interface. So with one click, the customer is brought to a conversational interaction with an automated assistant that can be used for a number of ways. Give me one good example of that. So we asked the in-app agent, the chatbot within USAA's mobile app to help us find past checks. This is a particular use case that is relatively rare. I was going to say definitely not common but really important when a customer needs it. It's a a kind of moment of truth, or as Forrester often calls them, it's a mobile moment. USAA's in-app virtual agent not only helped guide the customer to the right functionality, it actually pulled up the most recent transactions the customer made via paper check and enabled the customer to 
view images of those checks so they could see exactly what they'd written, who they were written to, et cetera, et cetera, all the information, view them within the conversational interface. Really an exceptional uh, service. Uh, They are miles ahead, streets ahead of other banks when it comes to their in-app chatbot or conversational banking capabilities. You can see why that moment would be so significant emotionally, that moment of truth to the customer. And that certainly qualifies as a surprise and delight moment that Christy was was just talking about. And so I went back to Sean and Christy with that in mind to hear more about those expectations of consumers to, paradoxically, expect to be surprised. We are living in a, in a world where our customers, your customers for sure, are experiencing more and more surprise and delight in so many other areas. You know, digital is affecting their lives. It's raising their expectations. And it feels like you've got the right attitude, which is we need to be on the lookout for the opportunities to not just fix a problem, but enhance their lives. You know, as you know, the reason we're talking is because, you know, last year in our annual mobile banking benchmark results, you know, it's a global ranking that covers many, many countries, including the U.S. Here in the U.S., USAA took top honors. But I got to say, mobile is still hard. You know, we do this kind of work in mobile retail, mobile banking, and uh, we're seeing people improve across the board but there are still challenges. You mentioned earlier that you know there's a lot of global movement and expectations are being set outside of just the United States market or just out of banking channels, and I would absolutely agree. We look not just at our direct competitor set, but we look across the entire industry and try to make sure that we're setting expectations for our members that exceed all of the other experiences that they have. We don't want them to go to a different a different type of experience, whether it be shopping or something else, and have a great experience and then come to us. And while we're great in maybe banking or in money movement, it's not a great overall experience. You can imagine that we will have customers who read these really elaborate analyses that we've done, and they'll say, oh, great, you know, USA performed at the top. Okay, but what I need to know is how I can get to the top as well. Essentially, if this is what success looks like, how can I get there? And I wonder, you know, if we can dig underneath this a little bit and say, where have you seen maybe moments in your process or experiences you've had in your teams where you've been able to say, ah, this was a moment that led us to the success that we're having now? Well, for us, I'm, I'm going to say that success always starts with the fact that we spend a lot of time with our members and we have insights into what they actually need and the features that they actually need so that we're we're building something real and we're building something that fulfills a need. And I don't know that you can always get to success just by trying to chase, chase the market or always trying to chase um, a feature set. We're actually chasing needs and we're trying to set, you know, solve and really satisfy members' problems. That's a secret sauce you, you almost can't recreate. It sounds like you need a certain kind of person to do that. Is that true? Having an entire workforce rallied around a very specific cause and a very specific set of members that they're trying to help is, is something that is just unique and it's a very critical part of our success. Thank you for listening along with us so far in our not-so-random walk. Just a reminder of what we're trying to accomplish here and why we call it a not-so-random walk. As you've been listening, you have 
come to realize what we've known all along, which is success in digital endeavors, mobile endeavors, really requires a purposeful and focused approach. It doesn't just happen randomly or by accident. And that the, the people who succeed at this the most, as we're finding through the example of USAA, they have an approach, they have a process, and we're grateful that they're willing to share it with us as we recognize them for having performed so well in our 2017 mobile banking benchmark in the United States. Uh, the voices you've been hearing, of course, are Christy Rogers and Shauna Brown from USAA. We'll hear more from them in just a moment. And my colleague, Peter Wanamaker, in a moment, I'll also introduce you to Sarah, Sarah and her husband, Neil, who are customers or members of USAA. I recently caught up with Sarah, who was in a playground with her children, and spoke to her a little bit about what it feels like to be a customer of USAA and to use this mobile banking experience. I started by asking her first how long she's been a member of USAA. Since 2003. Oh, actually, maybe even earlier. Let's see. My husband went active duty in 2003, so it was actually 1999, maybe, for quite a while. Okay, a good while now. Uh, now, I'll start by asking, you know, we do hear a lot about the mission and the member focus of USAA. I wonder, I wonder how that comes across to you as a member. Absolutely. I think that it's most helpful, their unique mission is most helpful when you're actually uh, kind of going through life events that are common to uh, military members like a deployment. So they have, um, you know, kind of systems in place to make those transitions a little bit easier. Uh, if your you know, spouse or you are fixing to deploy, you call and you just say, hey, I'm fixing to deploy. And there's some banking things that they do with your debit card. There's some insurance things that they go over. Um, you know, they'll look at your life insurance, you know, because there are very few policies that war is actually on the life insurance policy. As oh, like a, sure. I didn't think you know? about that. So, um, so that makes it helpful that you just make one phone call, right? And it's, you know, get a whole broad list of services. Okay. So I can see how that would help specifically to that, but how does that then make them good at mobile? They were kind of ahead of the game as far as no one lived, not everyone who was a USAA member lived in San Antonio. And so they were used to having customers who had to bank remotely. Um, and I think that that was maybe what pushed their technology, but I think it was a function of having members stationed all over the world. That could also be a big excuse, though. I'm sure I'd have many clients who'd say, oh, we can't focus on these new technologies because there's just such a big, complex issue that we have to deal with. But it sounds to me like you're going to say they're at least as good as other companies that you deal with or, or better. I feel like they're probably better. I think that... Um, you know, a lot of, like I said, kind of the systems that they have in place, it looks like they're thinking through the customer experience of, okay, this is their life. Let's reverse engineer that. And those are great words to hear from your customer. I'm sure this is their life. Let's reverse engineer that. It implies that there is a process going on behind the scenes. So I, in my conversation with Shauna and Christy, I started to get at what is that process? How does it happen? Um, you know, there's we have a unique practice here at USAA where we um, we start almost all of our um, meetings with member stories. Um, and so, whether it's a business meeting, whether it's a town hall, whether it's a 
um, company-wide employee meeting, um, we start off with member stories and we really focus on the member experience, what they're going through at that time in their lives, how we may have helped them um, with the services that we provide, or and sometimes how we fell short. Take the mobile app that we, you know, that we're here talking about. We've been working on that for several years. We created a low bandwidth um, option for the mobile app because we had the realization that a lot of our members are serving overseas, or they might be serving on ships out at sea. And so we created this mobile app at a low bandwidth that may strip out images or heavy weights that our members don't need when they're serving. What they want is just a very streamlined experience. Now, creating a separate mobile app for people who are deployed and have low bandwidth is not something you would market. It's not something that you would take out and put in the press, but it's something that we do because we know our members really need it. And it's something that adds a lot of value and takes away stress in a very stressful period for them. So we follow those things, even though they may not necessarily have a positive ROI or be you know, something that you would market, but we do it because it's right for our members. What I like about that example is that you are describing a need that you have to solve on the back end. You know, it's not like you're going to put a big banner up that says, hey, we've designed this experience just for you. You should be grateful. You're essentially absorbing all of that, making it so that they get what they really came for. Uh, you end up being the unsung hero in that kind of role with your customer. And I think in a lot of the best organizations that really focus on their customer, there's a lot of unsung heroes inside the company constantly toiling away. I wonder um, what kind of mechanisms you use internally to help all these unsung heroes uh, get essentially the recognition that they deserve for all these things they're doing for the customer. You know, we will listen to phone calls, so real phone calls of our member service reps speaking to members. Um, we will read thank you notes. Um, it, it's actually amazing how many um, thank you notes we get from members writing in um, because you know their experience. They were so pleased with their experience. We read those, we celebrate, we recognize the employees there. Uh, that's a really great kind of feedback. I like that. It's almost a, a kind of metric, really, when you think about it. And that, that's definitely a topic I want to hit on uh, because it's a big question for people. Where do you start with metrics? You know, so many of my clients are focused on metrics that are really essentially operational in nature, keeping call times down. How do we keep the resources that we need down? How do you make sure that these metrics are enabling you to have the customer-obsessed focus that you seem to have developed? I think for us, it's about pulling various metrics together to tell a story um, and then, you know, applying some subjectivity on top of that too, right? It's not only about um, what each individual metric is telling you, but it's about how it's painting the full picture and then applying a little bit of knowledge and expertise on top of that. There's no shortage of metrics and, you know, you could you could bury yourself under the weight of all the data that we have coming in. So it's not about having a mass of data. It's about making sure that there's a story that we're putting together so that we're understanding truly what the experience is delivering and how it's performing 
not just operationally, but in some of those less tangible ways, like experience, like member satisfaction, you know, how is the member feeling about the experience? You know, the picture that you're painting is a, a picture of people who are doing software development, essentially, but who are doing it with a much more open attitude towards the customer than maybe, you know, IT shops 10, 15 years ago were credited with. I I'm curious, one of the big changes we've seen in in development and in mobile specifically over the last decade has been this need to pre-plan. You know, this is exactly what our app is going to look like. This is exactly what we're going to develop. This is, and then you go spend a year to make it happen and however many millions of dollars. I mean, that even five years ago, that was a really common approach. More companies have learned how to be more fluid, more adaptive, more agile, to use the terminology of the industry. Uh, I'm curious if you could fill in that picture a little bit with how uh, you're able to ensure that you can both stay on time and accomplish the tasks that you set out to accomplish while still recognizing that it needs to be a fluid process so you can be responsive. We have recently undergone and still are undergoing a transformation to a more agile way of working. And I think a lot of a lot of different companies are doing this in the industry. I think maybe something slightly different about the way we're going about it is something you said early in your question, which is our technology teams are more in tune with the mission and the member and what they're trying to achieve. So there's a fundamental alignment at the start of every project where we all have a a common ground and we all know what we're going for. One of the things sometimes, you know, when, when people hear agile way of working and, you know, there's a misnomer that it's actually kind of unstructured and chaotic and, you know, and I would say it's actually um, quite the opposite. There Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, we have, the ceremonies and the routines, and we're doing agile in a scaled way that allows us to, you know, do the work at the ground level, but we're bringing that together um, and identifying dependencies and impacts in, in a very structured way through the ceremonies that we have. So it's been a very positive change. Yeah, Shauna brings up a really good point because I think there's often a misconception that agile means you're just going to wing it. And that is not that is not what agile means. Agile requires you to actually do more goal setting up front and really understand what your objective is so that you can be more flexible along the way. It requires more rigor up front and more planning up front so that you can be more iterative, you can be more flexible, and you can change direction if you need to. You test and learn your way, you change when you need to, and you go you go a lot faster. And for us, you know, it's a, it's a balance because we are really in charge of protecting our members' security. So we have to be well-planned and very thoughtful, and we have to be, you know, somewhat risk-adverse because we don't want to put any of our members' security at risk in any way, shape, or form. Um, I wonder, I, maybe I'm not the only one thinking this, but as I'm listening to you describe both the way you can be agile and fluid, at the same time organized and structured, uh, you know, as an outsider, I've been to your campus a number of times, and it's all very buttoned up, obviously has to be for reasons of security like you describe, um, and maybe like the stereotype of that someone might have about a military-minded organization. I, um, I might naively assume that the method of interaction there is more command and control, you know, top-down, this is what we're going to go do, go do it. There's undoubtedly a military influence here, and you hear it in the words that we use, and when we talk about Um, our objectives. We'll talk about taking the hill and and being on the front lines and things like that. There's definitely a military influence. 
but there's a different phrase that we use here. It's not command and control, which I haven't really seen in the 15 months I've been here. We use the phrase commander's intent, and that's really about understanding what the objective is at a leadership level and then really helping the teams on the ground, the teams with the knowledge, be successful and empowered to reach the goal, reach the objective, and ultimately meet the commander's intent. Which means that as leaders, we have to be very clear on what we're trying to do. We have to be very clear in the objectives that we're setting. And then we have to feel comfortable empowering our teams to go forth and carry out that intent in the best way that they see to do it, given that they have a better working knowledge from their purview on the ground. You know, when I see something, I look across industries and I see something like USAA providing leading edge support for something like Apple Watch, for example. And it does bring up the question of risk. You know, I, I hear a lot of my clients saying, well, we can't support oh, Alexa or Apple Watch. Uh, it's too risky. We don't want to get out ahead of our customers. And I can be sympathetic when someone says that to me. Um, but it feels like USAA keeps tackling things maybe before other people might feel like they're ready to and that you end up being a leader there. Uh, and what are the purposes of taking on that kind of risk? We have a very digitally active population, and our membership is, again, a lot of them are, are service members who are deployed, who you know, need more on-the-go solutions than maybe you would if you're a member of a traditional bank. And so for us, it's about providing them what they need, where they need it, in a secure way. Well, Christy, Shauna, I want to thank you both for joining me. It seems clear you're, you're showing my audience, my listeners, my clients, that we can have this orientation towards the customer, that we can think about their needs and, and solve them, and, and how exciting and motivating it is for me to hear that you're able to do this and do it so well. So I congratulate you for that. Thank you, James. It's really good to talk about our members and to talk about where we're going, and we appreciate the time. And thank you, James. I'm happy to share and, and give a little bit of a glimpse about how we do our work and how we focus on the member. And this has been our not-so-random walk today with our special guests from USAA top-ranked winners last year of the Mobile Banking Benchmark here in the United States. I also want to thank my colleague Peter Wanamaker and his team that worked so tirelessly not only on this research, but then were kind enough to help support this production. And of course, Sarah and Neil, we wish them and their family all the best. I have to say I learned a few things in this recording and interview process. Most of them made it into the edit, not all of them, one that's going to stick with me is this idea of commander's intent, though. I think that's a really, really sharp way to delineate the, the role of the leader versus the role of the team on the ground. And we can use that military metaphor. It definitely applies to all the, the battles, the efforts, the, the things that you are trying to accomplish out there as you try to take a not-so-random walk, but instead a very purposeful orientation towards your digital success. We wish you well in that, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm James McQuivy. Have a good day. Okay, I can't resist one more thing. This story is just gold. With permission from Christy Rogers at USAA, well, let me have her tell you 
I came here from another large technology company that's based in Texas, and I talked to a recruiter um, who called and said, hey, I've got this opportunity at USAA, and usually I wasn't taking calls, I wasn't looking, but I came home that day, and I was sitting with my family at dinner, and I said, guess who I talked to today? It's our favorite company that we like the most, and my nine-year-old chimed up and he said, well, it must be USAA, we love them. And it's what, you know, when you work here or when you're a part of it, it just pervades your entire life because you know you're doing something really good. And even if you're having a bad day, I I think you always remember that you're probably not having as tough of a day as a lot of our members are. And you need to put it behind you and, and keep getting it done. Words to live by and work by. Thank you, everyone, for listening and have a great day. James McQuivy signing out. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And don't forget to leave us a review. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.